Anybody else? Lake Lexi. All right. Anybody else? Janie. Amen. Stacy. All right. Good. Anybody else? Lots of, I think it was all ladies today. Uh, Bob, could you take the bag around to all these ladies that said a verse? Appreciate that. And then the rest of us, if you'll take your book and go to page 29, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. Lesson number seven, a lot of sickness going around, some in our church as well, but good to see Larry back. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, and uh, appreciate you. Um, I hope you appreciate the young lady making a joyful noise. It's, I don't know how in tune it is, but it's a joyful noise, and it might be more joyful than some of our noise. Uh, so anyhow, um, uh, thank you for enduring that. It's kind of comical, but... Anyhow, we uh, we appreciate the young people and their desire to want to have a part. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 in verse number 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will for also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Prayer is communing, communicating with God. Our attention is not to be on the prayer, but on the God who hears and answers prayer. In this passage, the Lord Jesus instructs his followers on this subject. And the Lord Jesus Christ, as was quoted Hebrews 7.25, ever liveth to make intercession for them. So if God knows everything we need, and he is already praying for us as believers, then why should we bother to pray? Well, short answer, we should pray because he told us to pray. In his word, Christ teaches us to pray, and I'll tell you what I think it is, at least what I think it is for me, and it's the struggle that I have. I am self-sufficient now you know i'm that's not true but that's how i think in my head and that's probably how a lot of us think in our head i can do it myself until one day you find out you can't and so prayer sometimes doesn't really get going until you realize you're not independent and uh unlike our children who grow up and get mature and don't need us anymore our heavenly father never is not needed because we never quite grow up and mature enough to not need him anymore. And and we need to recognize that and to always be a child when it comes to our Heavenly Father. So we're going to talk about praying in faith 
He told us to pray in his word. Christ teaches us to pray. And prayer, Acts 27, verse 25, prayer cannot be substituted for faith. What does that mean? Just because you pray a lot doesn't mean you have faith. Or just because you say a prayer doesn't mean it was faith. Of course, if you're going to have faith, they'll be praying. But people can pray without faith. People can memorize the words we just read. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And there's no faith in that. Acts 27, verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. I believe God. I believe that God will do what he said he will do. I will trust him and I will hang on to what he said. Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. Acts 2 and 46. A lack of faith keeps us from praying as we should. Well, how do we pray as we should? Well, Acts 2 and verse 46 says... And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God. So with gladness and singleness of heart. Here we are about to enter the Thanksgiving holiday and, um, and yet it should not be a Thanksgiving season. It should be always a Thanksgiving. The Bible teaches us to pray with Thanksgiving. And we ought to give thanks and be glad. And no matter if things are not well at the moment, we should still be thankful for how things have already been and how many prayers have already been answered. And so we should be able to pray with gladness and singleness of heart. And if there's no faith, then that's not going to be there. First John chapter 5, verse 4, I think Janie quoted that one. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith so a lack of faith keeps us from praying as we should keeps us from doing anything as we should really Um, so prayer cannot be substituted for faith and a lack of faith keeps us from praying like we ought to and in the attitude that we ought to be praying of in thanksgiving with thanksgiving and gratefulness and gladness and singleness of heart and then hebrews chapter number 11 and chapter number 12 hebrews is that faith chapter in hebrews 11 carries on over to 12 hebrews 11 verse 1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is is something we don't necessarily see uh, all the results, but we have faith that it will happen. And and then you read all about faith. Uh, Verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, all these people that have died and gone to heaven watching us now, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so faith is looking to Jesus, keeping our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. A great a great illustration of that is when Peter asked if he could walk on the water. And he did. He got out and started walking on the water until he stopped looking at Jesus. If you were here Wednesday night, I had a picture on the screen of Jesus walking on the water. And the caption said, focus on me yeah but QAnon says focus on me yeah but the democrats focus on me the economy focus 
on me. I, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never stop saying that. I know I'm right. A thousand years from now, this will still be right. Nobody will even know what a Democrat was a thousand years from now. Focus on him. Stay focused on the work. He gave us something to do. Just do it. Just keep doing what he's given you to do. We are not to substitute prayer for faith. We're not to decide that if we pray more, that will make up the difference. It, n- not necessarily. It's not about talking more. It's about having faith. And uh, praying in faith, believing God. Without faith, prayer is only just words, and a lot of people are just saying words. Page 30, page 31, a self-life and prayer. The self-life and prayer. Back in Matthew chapter 6, he said, When you pray, do not pray like these people who are always pretending. Matthew 6 and verse 5, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Uh, always praying, pretending to be something they're not. Their emphasis was on the one who was praying instead of on the one to whom they were supposed to be praying to. It, it, the emphasis is not on the person who's praying. The emphasis is on the person who is pray, being prayed to, which should be the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be praying and thinking of him and not of ourselves or, or putting on some kind of a show. This is the temptation in public prayer. The Bible says they have their reward. What they want is to be seen of men and to be applauded by men. And there are people who will applaud you. Wow, that was a great prayer. Well, let's wait and see if it was a great prayer. If God puts a stamp of approval on it and answers that prayer, that's when it's a great prayer. What they want to be seen is to be seen of men and applauded by men. Who among us will be more concerned with getting through to God than getting attention for themselves? And this is why it's so it's so important that we don't worry about how we sound. I think some of the greatest prayers I've heard were broken sentences and simplistic speech, but it was a child asking a father for something. And it was beautiful and it was perfect because it was a prayer of faith and not necessarily beautiful words so don't worry about how you sound in public as long as you are right with God and you're talking to him pray and don't be afraid to pray who among us will be more concerned with getting through to God than getting attention for themselves may God help us to get our eyes off ourselves and onto the Lord Jesus Christ so we need to let go of self and I'll be honest, I mean, especially when you're asked to pray in public, there's always that self-consciousness, you know, and am I going to stumble over my words? Am I going to make any sense? The good news is Romans chapter 8 says that the Holy Spirit can help us when we don't even know what to say. And prayer does not have to be something that other people approve of, but rather that God is hearing. And so the self-life in prayer, let's just get rid of self. Then the secret life in prayer. The secret life is the life that will be rewarded openly at the judgment seat of Christ. And that's Uh, where it says here in verse 6, Matthew 6, 6, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which seeth in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. There's just something about the roots that's different. The root system, we were digging up trench this week, uh, and uh, all these roots were right there. And and, uh, you, you never know. You never even think about this tree over here has roots way over there. 
but that's why the tree is so big and tall because of the underground root system uh, that hold, holds it and supports it. When it comes to people being strong and Christians being a strong Christian, having strong faith, it's about people who have strength that you don't see, a root system that you don't see, and that it has to do with their prayers and their prayer closet. It isn't technically saying that you must go inside a coat closet but that you are in a private area that no one else is going to disturb you and, and you're not going to do it for show because they're not even going to know you're there. And that's when you're praying. And so he says, reward thee openly at the judgment seat of Christ. What is that? Well, the Bible tells us that the Christians will stand before Jesus. Will not stand in Revelation 20 at the great white throne judgment before God uh, to be judged as a sinner who never got saved, but we will stand before Jesus Christ as believers. And we can see some passages that tell us that. Uh, go with me to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 and verse 10 it says, But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Of course, it's talking to the church in Rome when it says that. And it says in verse 11, for as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God so that every one of us shall give account of himself to God. You wasted time this week as a believer. You might stand before God for all the idle time or, or Jesus said idle words, the things that we don't do that we should be doing, the things that we didn't say or did say that we maybe shouldn't have whatever it might be the lord jesus christ is going to uh judge us for that not for heaven and hell we're not going to stand before god for heaven and hell if we're saved you're saved you're saved you're not going to lose your salvation but you need to understand that the secret life of prayer will one day get rewarded openly even if no one else knows that you have a prayer closet no one else knows what goes on behind closed doors and what's going on in between you and god then first corinthians and second corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 repeats that idea as well. For we must, 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. If you're a believer, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you will you will give account to what you've done in this life, in your body, what's been going on. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 11. 1 Corinthians 3, 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's salvation. Now, you have Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have the foundation of salvation. You are born again. You know that. That's not a question. You are saved. If that's the case, now listen to this, verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. There's a difference between the quality of those materials, by the way. Gold, silver, precious stones has much, much greater value and has greater resistance to fire than wood, hay, and stubble. So you have a foundation, Jesus, you are saved. But then how you build on that? Since the day you got saved, you've been building something. You've been, you've been growing from that somehow. What have you been using for material? Verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest. Every man's work will be exposed. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. 
and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. There's going to be a judgment seat of Christ, and Christ is going to take whatever we spent all of our time and energy on and try it by fire. Not the fire of hell, but try it by fire. Because he's going to basically say, here's what was eternal that you spent time on, and here's what was temporary that's still down there on earth getting melted. What, what mattered to you? Will it matter into heaven? Verse 14. And notice this isn't at the end of verse 13. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What kind it was. Was it, was it worth it? Man, there's a lot of things that we can be doing with our time. But what are you doing with your time? And, and what does it matter a hundred or a thousand years from now? And that includes our praying. Verse 14. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now what are some things that abide? When we get to heaven, what are some things that will be there? The new car you bought last year. I don't know if anybody here bought a new car, but or the used one you bought. Or the house that you built. What what will what will be there? The money you had in the bank. This the effort that you did for this, this and the, how eternal is it? How about someone that you led to the Lord? Um, you know praise the Lord we've seen several people coming to church we have a lot of people sick today but we, we see several people coming to church and, 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 and I've noticed several of them have been, have been a visitor that Jeff Pryor invited and, and some of them have since questioned about salvation you know if, if you invite someone to church and they get saved or you invite someone to know the Lord and they get saved that's not going to burn in the fire that's going to still be here a thousand years from now. Uh, we don't do star charts for adults like we do for Anchor Club. But how many stars would you have on your chart? And I'm going to tell you right now, when I get up there, the only thing that's going to matter when I'm standing before the Lord Jesus Christ, kneeling before him, bowing before him, is what did he want me to do with my time? Everything else will not be here. Now, obviously, we have to have a car, and we have to have a house, and we have to have a job, and we have to operate in this life, but we ought to recognize the priority of it versus what really is priority, and our prayers would change if we did that. If any man's work abide, verse 14, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. And, and by the way, the Bible does say that this world will pass away. And, and Al Gore or no Al Gore, there is coming a day when the world will go up in smoke. This world will melt. I know who's in charge. It's not Al Gore. But what will go up with smoke if, 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 if it was your personal stuff? What, what's going to still be here? If any man's work abide which he hath built upon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. In other words, you can't lose your salvation. But I don't want to stand there in heaven smoldering. I'm here. But everything I spent time and energy on apparently wasn't what heaven thought was important. Don't want to do that. And that's, that's true of our spiritual life. And when we think spiritually, we'll pray differently. We'll be burdened. We'll be concerned. We'll be, we'll be burdened for people. 
Uh, we'll be burdened for souls. We'll think of people as souls, like the back of our bulletin says today. We'll be conscientious of other people who need to know the Lord that we say we have found. And so those those things, especially the secret things, the secret life of prayer will be made manifest. And don't you think maybe the Lord Jesus Christ will have you or I standing there, and, and if this is true, he'll say, now, this believer right here prayed days and weeks and months and years. You over here, come over, come over here. For you, they prayed for you. And you, nobody knew it, but I knew it. That's part of that secret reward, that secret getting reward openly. So when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. I do not think it requires actual small closet, but the idea is private. It means that we should shut out the world and shut ourselves up with God. By the way, if you really do pray pray in a closet, that's perfectly legitimate. But I'm just telling you, the point is that we pray and we have a prayer closet. Uh, it, It means that we shut out the world and shut ourselves up with God. We shut off the outside world. We shut off the distraction that the world has for us. And now we have distractions we carry in our pocket. When the world is shut out, we do not care if others hear or, 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 or do not hear. We don't care if they can hear us. It's not about them hearing us. We, we are not concerned about what others think of our prayers because we are now alone with God. And we're not praying to be seen of men, but to be seen and heard of God. And of course, these are the best prayers. I'm sure the Lord gets more out of these prayers than the public prayers, although there's nothing wrong with public praying. But this is that private praying that we do behind the scenes. And we're not praying to be seen of men, but to be seen and heard of God. In 1 Timothy chapter number 6 and verse 17, we're reminded of something in, in here. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, which giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Charge them. Just challenge them that are rich in this world, that you're not trusting in some... Notice that phrase, uncertain riches. I got a feeling in the near days to come, in the near years to come, in the next decade or two, what everything was supposed to be certain is going to get real uncertain real quick. But in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy... God does not want us to seek things. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to focus on him, not on this world and this world's real estate. He closes doors in our lives so that we will get alone with him. He, he sometimes will do that on purpose because we won't do it ourselves. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. This is the theme passage of our entire study book. Lord, teach us to pray. Luke chapter 11. Verse number one, it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so on earth, give us day by day our daily bread. Very similar to what we just read in Matthew 6. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. This keeps getting repeated in this 
in this study. I have nothing. I don't have anything I can do for them. Just listening to someone's problem yesterday, and I and all I can say is, I have nothing I can do for them of my own. But I know someone who does. I do not have any ability or any resource to help this person. But I do know the someone who does. I have nothing, but I can go to the someone who has the something to give them that what they need. Then verse 10, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Well, of course not. That's absurd. So, verse 13, if ye then, being evil, what does that mean? Being human, being sinners, not perfect. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? When the Lord finished this lesson, he said, when you know you have nothing, you'll not ask God for things. Things will not be on your mind. Instead, you'll simply ask for him his spirit his presence his power the real need is not things i don't think that i don't i know i don't need money right now Now, obviously i'm going to need some money by the end of the next month for sure but my need is money my need isn't things my need is more of him my need is more of his spirit my need is more of his power more of his presence and more of him and less of me our prayer should be lord i need you we even sing a song like that Lord I need you Matthew chapter 6 again go back there as we finish our last point Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6 but when thou thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet when thou hast shut thy door pray to thy father which seeth in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly and then verse 7 says but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. We have the self-life opposite of prayer. Then we have the secret life and how it goes with prayer. And then when they have the simplicity of prayer, I was saying this earlier, prayer does not have to be elaborate. I'm not saying it's wrong to say something fantastic. But sometimes we just memorize words and we're not really being simplistic with our father i said earlier that god just like any human father god does not want us to just go to him and say our father which art in heaven that that's that's not what he's looking for but but the the attitude or the themes behind that our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come the his will be done those are the attitudes and the things that we do need to seek for there are times that people will pray and and i i do it too we just we say words and we memorize words and so we repeat them and i I don't think it's wrong to say in jesus's name amen but a lot of times it's like and 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 it's just mumbled and it's just it's just repetition and it's just vain now i know there are other religions that do a lot of vain repetition i know that there are people who count beads one by one and they say all the, and someone was just saying yesterday i was taught that i was supposed to if i did wrong i was supposed to say three our fathers and four hail marys or whatever it might be and slide some beads over uh that's certainly part of this vain repetition but you know what as baptists or as bible believing christians we can do vain repetition you know um 
Sometimes you'll hear someone say a certain phrase, and they'll say it over and over again. And I just wonder if they're really meaning what they're saying when they're praying. We need to be careful that when we pray, it's like a real conversation with our Heavenly Father, that it's like a child just being simplistic and just asking for things and, and, and desiring God to meet the need in our life. I heard a preacher talk about years ago about how that his favorite football player, this little boy's, his son's favorite football player was uh, this quarterback and uh, the quarterback for a certain team. And so <coughs> this little boy would tell his dad, Dad, I want to have, and he's just a little guy, Dad, I want to have food and I want to have fox and I want to have a jersey. And, I wanna, and, and, and then he would repeat, and Dad, make sure the jersey had number number 16 on it. And, and, and he would just repeat it. And so, and then a, a few weeks later, he said, Now, Dad, remember, for Christmas, I want, and, and, and so, and, and he said, by the time, he said, I had it memorized. I knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted the food. He wanted the thoughts. He wanted the duty and, and, and the hem. And it was simplistic, but it was, it was real requesting from a child to a father. And, and it was precious because it was so real. That's the way we should be praying, just with a simplistic prayer attitude that we're just asking him over and over for those things and we mean it though we really mean it and our desire is we want him to answer that prayer and if that prayer is a is a godly prayer and originated with God's spirit then it's going to be something God's going to listen to so when you pray use not vain repetitions I would encourage you especially the guys that are asked to pray in public that we be careful not to just say the same thing over and over again same thing some of us let's be honest some of us could pray the other person's prayer because we've heard them pray it so many times we're just human. We're nat- we, we have a human nature. But let's be simple and not pray in vain repetition. Many people take the prayer that God, the Lord Jesus, gave as a model and use it as a vain repetition. Our Father which art in heaven. God does not desire our prayer to be necessarily much speaking. It's certainly okay to pray for a long time if the need is there. But he simply wants us to trust him. Sometimes prayers are real short and real simple. Someone quoted the verse in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. That's what I started out saying earlier today. I, I just have to learn I am not self-sufficient. And it's a, real, it's a real handicap to your prayer life when you're not handicapped. It's a real handicap to your prayer life when you are self-made macho person. And when you learn to be insufficient and that he is the sufficient one, it'll change things in your praying. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And as I get older, I, I just starting to, Lord, I can't do this. I can't fix this. Oh, I can certainly try to make something happen, but it won't last and it won't be the right thing. It'll just be manipulation. It won't work. Our sufficiency is of God. We all need to get to this place in our Christian lives. It is ours for the taking. If it's really not ours for the taking, then the Lord Jesus was teasing us. If, if, if praying like this and, and really having... Uh, a, a communication with God and seeing our prayers answered, asking ye shall receive, seeking ye shall find, knocking shall be opened. If that's just a joke, then he was just messing with us. But we know that's not true. 
he talked this way because it is this way. We can pray for faith and by faith, believing God, and God will hear and answer our prayers. And so let's think about things that are, are miraculous. Not things that any human could do, but only something God could have behind the scenes have done. And let's learn to pray for those kinds of miracles and, and pray with a humble, dependent heart like a little child who totally is relying on dad to get it done. Let's, uh, let's pray that way. Let's pray right now. Lord, we thank you for our opportunity to go to you in prayer and to talk to you about our needs and help us to be children. Help us to be very, very insufficient children that, that are relying totally on your sufficiency. Help us to be people that are just humble and childlike. Help us to be people that are desiring for your blessings and your answers and and will not settle for anything else and will not take no for an answer if we know it's something that is right and is something that you do want to, to do. Help us to just trust you and have faith that it will happen. Thank you for answers to prayer. But help us to realize we probably have barely scratched the surface of what's available. So help us to pray better, to pray deeper, to pray with faith that is real and belief that is strong and trust that is unwavering. Help us to focus on you and to and to allow our root system to grow deep no matter what what people think of the outside, but to, to have a, a secret life that is strong. And help us to pray as you'd have us to pray and to recognize we have nothing and we really have nothing to offer anybody and that's why we have to keep going to you for more. So help us to be that kind of a prayer, that kind of a believer. And may we be willing to eradicate self and instead having a secret life that is strong in prayer and that you would keep us simple like a child. Thank you for the reminder. Help us to practice that this week and the rest of our lives. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.